0: Hey guys, this is Hank, and welcome to the podcast. Really glad to have you here today. I've got a couple of things to tell you about before we get started on an interview I'm excited to share with you. First things first, you can keep track of things that are going on with my life, with HankFortner.com, with the podcast, with everything by simply texting the number 66866. And if you just put the name Hank in the message to the number 66866, you can stay connected to our email list. I send an email about once a week, you can unsubscribe anytime. And it's information that I give you about podcasts that are happening talks that are coming up or things that I'm up to care about or am working on. So would love to have you connected. I've got some fun things what well, I'm working on now, I've got a book that I'm working on, I've got some cool relaunch stuff happening in the first quarter of this year, and I'd love for you to be a part of that. So please consider joining me, 668 and text the name Hank to that number, or go to hankfortner.com, and you can get more information there. This conversation is with a guy named Adam Weber, who is a guy that I've known for a little while, who is one of those dudes who, when you meet him, you're like, I like him, and I would like to be his friend. So I'm going to introduce you to a guy who, not only would you like to know him, and would you like to be friends with my friend Adam Weber, but he's mine for now, and now I give him to you via the podcast. So whether or not you can, you live in North Dakota or South Dakota or one of the Dakotas, where Adam lives, he lives up north in a territory populated in an entire state less than all of a small county or neighborhood in Los Angeles. So uh, check him out. He's really, really exciting. We're having a conversation about prayer, and this dialogue, this conversation is about all of those misconceptions and I get to grill him, so I put him in the hot seat on whether prayer makes a difference, if prayer matters, and what happens to a person when they pray. So check it out, I hope you enjoy it, and please welcome our friend to the podcast, and please welcome your new friend, Mr. Adam Weber.
1: as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, but thine is the kingdom.
0: Welcome to Typically Hazardous. This is your host, Hank Fortner, and I'm sitting here with Adam Weber. And Adam is, like, looking cool. He's got a rad hat. He's wearing the headphones. We're sitting here in the basement of a convention center in Stone Mountain, Georgia, which uh, feels like a place where you would have, like, moonshiners and rebels. And I'm sure there was wars fought here in this very place. But we're here together to have a conversation that I'm I'm greatly excited to have around a book that you have coming out, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but first I'm going to let everybody know what, what we're going to get into. The conversation of prayer is such a global and sort of, uh, global is the wrong word, a universal conversation. Because even people that I know that do not have a faith background, do not have a uh, sort of spiritual checkbox to be like, oh, I am a this, or I was raised to this, there's still a prayer language to every person's journey. And there's so many people who when they describe things like, oh, I don't believe in this, or I don't believe in this, or I do believe in this, you can still ask them, what is it like to pray? And I was at Burning Man this past year, and at Burning Man, I remember asking people, if you and God had a conversation, what would he say to you? What would you say to him? And uh, multiple times, people would interrupt me and go, oh, you mean like, what, would I, what do I pray for? These are people who are telling me that there is no God still having <laughs> language around prayer. So I'm excited about to have this conversation around prayer, a very complicated and sometimes manipulated and sometimes messy and weird and also like gray area where how much of that is real really real to have this conversation with you adam who is about to be i mean you already are but you're about to be a published expert on the subject of prayer and i'm excited to to kind of dive into that so we're going to get into prayer here in a second and get into what your book is all about but tell us who you are tell us what you do and tell us what's uh why we should listen to anything you say
1: yeah, well, it's that's like, how I always feel like an
0: introduction <laughs> is it's like, tell us why we should care and not turn this off as we drive on the freeway.
1: No, that's perfect. I'm so uh, it's, it's just a joy to be with you today. Just so, so grateful for that. Uh, my name is Adam Weber. Uh, I'm somehow, someway a pastor uh, out in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Amazing. Last person who ever thought they'd be a pastor, let alone a Christian. And I'm um, so grateful to do what I do. It's a it's a church. Uh, is that where your accent's from, by the way? Is, your, is this a South Dakota accent that I'm picking up? I don't actually think South Dakotans have accents. Do, do you they? know you have an
0: accent? or I, Is that not? Do we? Do we, I don't? You definitely do. And oh it, my goodness! So if you're if you're <laughs> listening, you can tweet at Hank Fortner with just a check a thumbs up, and it'll be like, yes, Adam has an accent. <laughs> you do- You have an accent. It sounds kind of like, yeah, uh, I don't know. It sounds like North Dakota, like the movie Fargo. I think it has that kind of like sort of sing-songy. It's it's nice.
1: Be- people people in Fargo hate hate the movie. Fargo by the way oh they do i'm sure yeah it's definitely yeah. not a favorite <laughs> no okay yeah too too, too true too it, right too yeah, spot exactly. on exactly yeah too spot
0: on i hate when people tell me the truth about myself too uh, <laughs> continue Continue. Yeah, so, so pastor uh, in sioux falls south dakota where you, where you clarified earlier there is electricity people do have vehicles running water
1: we have electricity, running water. Buffalo used to be there; they're now on the west side of the state, so we don't ride okay. them anymore. Nice, but um, yes, in Sioux Falls, it's it's a great place. the The church I pastor, embrace. Um, I, I, I love it. It's it's I always say the most unlikely of people to be in a church. It's, wow. it's, um, it's it's yeah. It's not a church full of Pharisees, thank goodness. Um, Lord, challenge us if we become one. Um, just a place to, where people come for whatever reason and connect with God. And when so you say
0: it's not full of Pharisees, do you mean you there is not a, a like time travel warp that would bring people yeah. from <laughs> the first century of the world? What do you mean by Pharisees? Just in terms of like I've heard yeah. th- the Pharisees in the scriptures, but for people who wouldn't be, uh, yeah, it's, maybe um, aware of what you mean.
1: I feel like it's a church. I imagine people no. in
0: robes, people in robes <laughs> walking around like the Pharisees, the guys who were always rebuked by Jesus in the in the Mark Burnett films. So when you're like, it's not a church of Pharisees. I'm like, well, thank God they don't have those weird robes and those crazy hats.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, well, starting with myself, it's it's a group of people that I can't believe are in church.
0: Oh, okay. that's probably the best way to put yeah, it. Like totally. I'm like,
1: kind of the last people. Like I, the thing I hear all the time is, I cannot believe that I've started coming to church. Like I just can't believe. And even other people in the church, like, man, I can't believe my friends started coming. Like, wow, I, that's cool. I just really can't believe that yeah, person, totally. all people, was totally. here. So what you do
0: in your church must feel like real life. Yeah. Because I feel like when a person goes, I can't believe I'm here, they mean that they thought here was going to be some out-of-body or out-of-world experience. But what you do in your church and how you talk and dress and live must feel like real life.
1: Yeah. And I, I, hope, that's something, um, I hope that's something that anybody would say is true mm. uh, of the church and— for me, I love as a pastor that I don't have to clean my own life up before I come. I can come with my brokenness, with my doubts, my fears, yep. and really come just right where I am. And so there's something so refreshing about that um, that that's true. So I'm grateful for, that's this, cool. for the church. Today. And
0: I feel like the reason people come back to church is because something you said helped them with their real life. Yeah. They, I, like uh, it was Dallas Willard who said that about Jesus. He said, and it's, it's been compelling to me about Jesus for the the, my entire spiritual journey, which is that Jesus had the most important things to say about the most important things of the time. Yeah. So he had insights into the most important things that were happening to people in real time, as opposed to he wasn't going, guys, let's talk about You know, crazy philosophical things that didn't have anything to do. He's talking about, hey, the people who are poor, the people who are mourning, the people who are hurting, the people who are celebrating, the people whose lives are off. Like, it was just real stuff. So I think that's a testament to your life is if there's people who can't believe they're there, they probably are even more dismayed that they came back. Meaning (laughs) that something you say and something you do as a part of your community is communicating to people real things that are helping them in their real life. And th- I
1: appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for any ounce of that. That's true. So, yep, it's very, <laughs> very. <laughs> I, so, so I haven't been, but yeah, that's, just, that's my, just, that's my read on oh, kind I'm of what you've described. Yeah, like I, I it, it's like, does anybody else ever struggle with falling asleep that night because you're just consumed with worry or whatever's coming up or your kids or whatever else? I know I am. Hmm. And does anybody else feel like they're just on a rat race through a week? And it's like, do I have a soul? Uh, like, well, what is the purpose in everything that I'm doing? Like, I know I do. And yeah, so right. it's, I, real. It's, it's, yeah, real. it's like, this is what I'm wrestling with. And maybe it can connect. Yeah.
0: So the conversation around this podcast is called Typically Hazardous, which, as I mentioned to you, is Webster's <laughs> first definition of adventure. In order to enter into any adventure, it requires that moment where you go, I could die or I could lose something or this is going to be of great risk to me. You are right now, at the recording of this podcast, in the process of writing this book. And your book is called? Talking with God. Talking with God by Adam Weber. And in the process of writing this book and sort of going through this book, and I want to hear more about what the book is about, and I want to hear more about that prayer conversation. But the most important thing, I think, for us and for our listeners is, uh, what is it like to create something and do it? And then sell it, or publish it, or give it to the universe. Where, at what point are you saying, "Here's where I'm. Here's where I'm taking the big risk." And what was that? Where was that for you? Where was the typically hazardous door where you're like, "Okay, fine, I'm going to do this book, write this book, publish this book." Where are you in that dangerous process?
1: Yeah, f- f- it, terrifying is, is the word that for, that I have to think of. And it's not just been one time. It's been multiple times for me where I've gotten to that place and it's like, okay, I can either take my ball and go home or I can take that step. And every time it's been terrifying. And so the first phone call that I I had a friend who hooked me up with an agent. Mm -hmm. And so just the conversation, I was terrified. What am I going to say to this person? I'm not a writer. What am I doing? This is so foolish. And so it's like I mean, shaking and pacing in my office, <laughs> waiting for the call. Talking
0: like an agent, which just sounds like yeah.
1: I'm not even sure what they are and what Mr. they do. Mr. Anderson, you know, yeah. like it just sounds like a, oh, but it was just this moment. You. It was just this moment of like, okay, I'm willing to take that step. And I kept expecting that to be the final step because they were going to say, yep, no, yep, we're not interested. Right. So take that step. Oh man, put together a book proposal. It's like okay. I don't really want to, you know, because now I got to actually put it on paper that I'm a terrible writer (laughs) and that I don't know what I'm doing. And that was your
0: proposal, was dear, Mr.
1: Agent. (laughs) I am a terrible writer. I'm a terrible writer. Know what I'm doing. Right. But you know, you put that together, and it's like, okay. Uh, I'm. I remember seriously when when I sent the proposal, I pushed send. I was standing up. I wasn't even sitting at my desk. I pushed send, and I stepped away from my computer before I could could. Take it back. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Because uh-huh. I was worried that I would try to like do that. Yeah, which take I it don't away. Think really works. By the way, you I can know. tell.
0: Yeah, it, it shows you that it's uh, <laughs> that person tried to recall it. it doesn't yeah, yeah it'd have been yeah.
1: horrible. So I, I pushed send because I was so nervous. It's like here again. I'm putting myself out there, and what happens if it sucks?
0: Yeah. What I was gonna say. What are you you're afraid? What that's gonna suck? That it's terrible. I'm gonna look like a fool. You're gonna look like an idiot. I'm Embarrassing. Fa- yeah I'm
1: gonna. I'm just gonna flat out fail. And it would have been so much safer to not do it. Yeah, right. That's what I feel. Like, everything in me is like, choose what's safe. Choose what's safe. Choose. And it's like, no, that's not living. That's not life. Life is choosing to step into what's scary. Right, totally. And what's unknown and stretching yourself and pushing yourself. Yep. And so that was another step. And then when I sent the proposal, I'm like, you know, there's not going to be anybody interested in this. And so here's my way out because they're going to (laughs) say no. And then you get This is like
0: the opposite of the power of positive thinking. Oh, it's like, I, know. It's I know. That, that guy who wrote that book <laughs> is so mad because he's like, no, it's not supposed to work this yeah, way. It's not supposed to work.
1: Yeah. And so sent it in, got got several just awesome, awesome offers. Yeah. And again, it, so every time you just take those steps into it. I, I'm For me, someone came up just recently and they're like, oh, I'm considering a job change or this scary thing. What should I do? And I said, just do one thing. Take the next step. Hmm. Just take that next step. That's all you got to do. Don't look maybe 5000 feet away right. just take that next step right. into the to the unknown so
0: for you every time you took that step so take me into like the the sensation you feel afterwards you were about to do this phone call with this agent you hang up from the agent you've done it you put yourself out there you had the conversation you fulfilled it do you feel better or worse post that typically hazardous doorway
1: uh kind of two different feelings like were you in a
0: fetal position rocking going god please take the pain away or were you <laughs> were you just like dude i feel awesome i i just landed an agent yeah does that make sense like, what oh is yeah the sensation yeah there?
1: i mean just like sheer joy first off regardless of what happens it's like i can say that i did this
0: yeah instead okay. of getting
1: back and saying man what well, coulda shoulda woulda you know it's like no i tried it i did it and then those times when by some craziness it actually happens it's like what in the world? Yeah, this is amazing. T- totally. So feeling that and then my next thing I feel is fear. Because it's fear. like More yeah, fear. it's like you have another step coming. And so it's like continuing to take that step. And I hope even when I'm eighty years old, I hope I'm still pressing into that next step. What's I was gonna the next say my me? question for you step? would
0: be, you know, and you're going through this and obviously you went through it when you planted your church. Yes. When you were twenty four years old. Yep. Uh every time you go through a typically has it as doorway and you have that rush of joy wow i did it yeah and then you go through more do you find in your life that you go through scarier bigger doors do you take bigger steps or do you find that no matter how big the door is you're freaked out no matter what like is there a process by which you almost you get a higher
1: tolerance for risk and danger and
0: concern or no
1: no great question it's you maybe a higher tolerance with that same step in the future it's like okay i've done this in okay. the past i've okay. done this in the past and so i can take it again now that higher tolerance with
0: something you recognize
1: yep yep but new steps are just as scary or even more so always every time every time it it i every single time when i when i started the church i was terrified Yeah. and i was clueless about starting a church i had no clue what right. i was doing right right and um i'm back at that same place with with publishing a book. Yeah, I, right. I don't know any parts of the process. But if I'm I was like, hey, everything. Adam,
0: let's start a church in Fargo. Let's You'd do You'd be this. like, dude, do I know Fargo? We'll get some electricity. We'll get some indoor plumbing. <laughs> we will rock this place, right? Like You accents. know that stuff. Accents. We'll get some accents. <laughs> we'll, we'll screen the film. <laughs> no, but at the same time, and I think that if what I'm listening for you is right, because this is what I'm listening for, which is what can I actually do? Every time I hear a preacher, a sermon, if I hear a ta- TED talk, anything, it's like, what can I actually do with the information you're giving me? What I'm sensing is, even in this process, is what I should do is get really, really, really used to that feeling that this is going to be frightening. Yes. Because the more I'm used to that feeling and the more I'm, like, okay with it, the more next steps I will take. Absolutely. In uncharted, unknown, unaware territories, whether that's publishing or starting something, whether that's dating or marriage or children, whatever it is I'm leaning into, I just have to get really, really, really used to that feeling like, oh, yeah, man, this is going to I'm going to look stupid and just it, it's it's about a uh, a I guess a tendency to want to do the thing that makes me look stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's as insane and sort of sadistic as that sounds to me, from what you described, I'd go because I can resonate with that. Everything that I've done that I've go, oh. I'll look dumb if I do that talk or dumb if I try this joke or dumb if I stand up and do this or I'm not going to do karaoke. It's sort of like the karaoke law is <laughs> just go and do it. You'll look dumb and <laughs> feel dumb. <laughs> But man, the next time karaoke comes around, you're like, dude, throw me on some Backstreet Boys.
1: Let's I'm gonna do kill it. Kill this thing,
0: <laughs> right? Like, I just feel like that will expand our lives more.
1: Yep. Comfortable with being uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I like that. You know, just con- pastors, constantly. Really well, just them.
1: constantly leaning in. Yep. And uh, I, I just never want to get to end of my life and, and look back and say that I played it safe. Yeah, totally. I don't want to play it safe. And so it's like, Lord, would you just help me to continually take in those steps, whatever it might be or whatever it might yep. look like? And um, there's something about it. Like, I, with the book, it was the first time, honestly, since starting the church that I was really scared. Wow like it just in that, that realm of my life it was really the first time since starting the church when I think about it right now that I was really scared so the 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 church was a huge step and the first 3 years we didn't explode so it wasn't like it took off day 1 3 years in we were almost closed wow and so it was a time of being refined and like my intentions like was this church about me or about God it's like no this church is only about God because that's the only reason I'm doing it but and then there was, there was so many small steps but really, for me, the book was another huge step. Uh, I mean, this friend that basically got me the connection with the, the agent, I would have never done this without him. Hmm. And he saw something in me. This is what's something important to Surround yourselves with people who love you enough to call out what what's inside hmm. of you.
0: And tell you that you're oh, playing yeah. small. Yeah, Stop playing doing? small. That yeah. Marianne Williamson quote of our greatest oh. fear is not that we are inadequate. Right? Oh. It's a great fear is that we're powerful. And I, 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 I totally agree. I think you need people in your life who go adam you're playing small here in this category in this thing
1: so he just said you need to write a book and i said i'm not a writer like you are and he's like okay i i get that but there's something inside you god has something inside of it that need, needs to be shared that same exact time i actually had a small publisher reach out to me directly. And and said, Adam, you write a book, we'll publish it. Awesome. So I called Tim back, and I'm like, hey, man, I got this this thing. They're going to do this, whatever. Uh, They just said, I just need to write a book, and they'll publish it. And he was dead quiet on the phone. And I said, okay, and you don't seem very excited for me. And he just said, okay, that's cool if you want to do that. But you have a chance to really step out here.
0: Right, like I'm, I'm, I'm saying big publishers, big, big crew, publishers. Like, agents, like the yeah, whole game. Yeah, you're,
1: you're gonna, you're gonna do this over here. Yeah, right. And I said, but they said, I could write anything I wanted to, and they'd publish it. And he's like, okay, if you take this step and make this phone call with this agent, whatever, and it doesn't happen, no, there's no disrespect in my eyes for doing that. Right, totally. Nothing against that whatsoever. Totally, like, that, that's, totally. That's wonderful. That's awesome. But you have a chance. But because you're scared, you're not going to. And really called me out. And I just I, I said you're right, you're right, and I was like I gotta I gotta take that step because I was trying to I was looking for the easy way. Yeah, and He right. saw in me, he saw me wrestling with that, and he just pointed it out. Wow. And there was something so powerful about him doing that. That's cool. And him sa- him saying like again like he wasn't shaming me if I did that, but he just said Adam the door is open for this this right, something get bigger. Get Get there. Try yeah. that first. And, right. and if you
0: come back to that great. Have you found yourself doing that for other people now that you know how powerful and impactful it is? Absolutely. Where you find other people and you're like, "Hey, I can you where you can almost smell people
1: playing small in certain areas." Absolutely. Yeah. There's a there's actually a guy in our church who's got a side business that's it's really really cool what he does. He takes baseballs and and takes the cover off and makes art out of them. Oh, wow. And I and for the longest time was doing it on the side cuz he was doing really well in his banking career. And um finally I, I just said, Man, I wanna encourage you. Like you've got a gift in this. Like yeah, this is right. this is a gift. And he finally took that step and wow. and, and went part time at his gig, which doesn't make any sense like financially sure. to start. And it was cool to hear back from him, and him just said, Hey Adam, I just wanna thank you. I would have never taken this step without you encouraging you me and challenging me. me. Yeah. yeah. Wow And so amazing. there's something so powerful when you see that. And are able to be that for somebody else. Right, it's awesome. It's amazing. I always hope, whether it's a staff person, a friend, or whatever, I hope that I only can encourage people to fly. Hmm. It's like, Lord, would I never clip someone's wings? Would I only encourage them to fly? And I hope that's true more than anyone with my wife and my my own kids. Like, so awesome. I hope I'm there, like saying, "You can do it. You can yeah, do it." Yeah, it's awesome. And so, <laughs> tell
0: me about your book. Your yes. book is called Talking with God
1: talking with God. What to say when you don't know how to pray? When you don't know how to pray. Is and to what's take, that
0: like for you? What is give me the give me, give us the bullets so we don't have to read the book.
1: Yeah, prayer yeah, p- prayer is this <laughs> okay. prayer is this huge thing and um that we make way too complicated. We as human beings we love to make things complicated. And it's also something that people talk about a lot, prayer, um, my thoughts and prayers are with you. Like if you don't know what to say when someone gets bad news, you say that you're praying for them, whether, Mm -hmm. you know, you're Mm -hmm. religious or not, it's just something that comes out a lot. And so it's because of that, because it's talked about a lot, you feel even worse that you don't know how to do it. And, and also, so there's that part of it. And then there's the other part for me, prayer growing up was only something you did before you ate and before you went to bed. Hmm. Uh, away from church, and so you prayed in church, and at those two times, and then the rest of your life was totally separate. And it's like, no, actually, that's not what it's meant to be. Yes, you can pray in church and before a meal and before you go to sleep, but it's actually a part of, like in the midst of your life is where you need it the most. Hmm. Those those times of being broken, those times of being exhausted, hmm. those times of questioning, those times of feeling um, like you're 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 just covered in like shame. That's when you need prayer the most. And it's not complicated. It's as simple as just talking with, with God. And so that's just the, wherever you Is are, that you the invitation
0: then? Is just to sort of speak yeah. your heart, speak your mind, speak your thoughts? Just sort yeah. Because I grew up Catholic where all of our prayers were memorized. Yeah. And I don't remember ever anyone asking me to pray what I was feeling. It was I was saying a prayer. Yep. By that I mean it was like saying like an Our Father or a Hail Mary. I was. I was saying there were prayers for different things. I had a book from my grandmother of prayers that I would say, but
1: rarely did I pray my own words. Yeah, and both are powerful. I think there's times when you you don't even have the right words or you can't explain what you're feeling, that it's powerful to to maybe pray through a psalm. Sure, yeah. Just to read a psalm, and it's like, God, I don't really know what I'm feeling or how to even say what I'm feeling, so I'm just going to read these words from David. And they're going to capture what I'm saying, but then there's other times like we're told that we can talk to God as if we're he, as, as if He's a friend of ours, and so it's like. And I, I look at the prayer life of my kids. They're, they're honestly that's who I've learned how to pray from is my kids. Hmm. At night, don't picture kids kneeling at the end of their bed being right. quiet. Totally picture pure chaos. I yeah, mean, right. Sure, kids running around. Oh, it's and all complete sorts of chaos. Stuff. Yeah, it's insane. But I, I love because it's uh, they they're just sharing right from the heart. Um, God, why can't I see you right yeah, now? Yeah, right. Have you ever felt that way? I have. Oh sure. Why can't I feel you? Sure. Um, God, would you help me to find a friend at recess? Yeah. God, thank you for loving me. Um, m- m- my one kid, he didn't know how to wipe very properly, so I was like, God, he, I remember him praying one night, God, help my butt to feel better. I was <laughs> like, we might need to pray about okay. helping to, to learn how to wipe oh, his properly. Wife? Oh,
0: wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so That's like, good. So you're being very
1: honest with God. But it's so, just those simple, yeah. simple childlike things because it's like uh when you look at kids and it's so easy to say like oh i can't wait till they learn how to really pray and they're so cute and innocent but i can't wait till they really figure out god and that mm. kind of stuff and we got it all backwards it's like no i can't wait to understand like their childlike approach to god wow yeah and so i need to rediscover that um like man they they talk to him so honestly and open and so that's what that's really the heart of of the book, is just, just talking with the Lord in the midst of things that's cool so
0: let me ask you a couple questions about prayer does yeah. God actually hear everyone's prayers
1: I would say yes yes everyone
0: it. on the planet so a little kid prays Buddhist guy prays Hindu guys praise who uh, oh. and I don't know what I am
1: guy prays and God hears all of it I think God hears all of it yes because uh, I would say that we have a God who's all present who's all-knowing and so I would say yes. Whether we direct it at him or not, he he hears it. So yeah. So even if a
0: guy, let's say a guy in LA, is would describe himself as an agnostic or an atheist, but he pauses before an audition and says, "God, get, let me help me get this gig." You think God
1: hears that? I would say yes. Okay. So what, God, what, what, whether whether God af- answers no, it or not. No, I'm not there yet. I'm not there. Yet. I'm get, <laughs> we'll, go, we'll <laughs> get there. Jeez so These are good. So God hears
0: all, everybody's prayers. Everyone on the planet. And then does God answer
1: people's prayers? Yes. No question. He does answers th- everybody's prayers. Not everybody's prayers. Does okay. he answer prayer? Yes. Does okay. he answer all prayers? Absolutely not. Okay. And am I thankful for that distinction? A hundred percent. Okay. Uh, I I look to back. To quote Garth, Garth Brooks. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Look. Sometimes, uh, what is the line? What's the line? It's like, oh, sometimes God's, God's greatest yes, gifts yes. are unanswered <laughs> prayers.
1: But it's so true, and I. I uh, so you I, think
0: God? When does God choose to not answer a prayer?
1: Um, I, I I think when it's um when it's when it's against His character and who He is, but also we have. So if I
0: was like, "Hey, God, kill Adam right now,"
1: he's gonna be like, "Nah." Uh, I I think if it's against His character, I'm trying to even think of how to explain that against His character, and also we're told that that God is good and that He loves us, and so He knows what's best for us. Okay. I mean it's just like uh even the best of things, it's like I I I again I look back on an infinitely different level. Just all the different things my kids ask for. Can I have this, can I have that, can I have this? It's like no, you, you can't because this is not good for you. Like Got it. and it's so weird. So if God I,
0: doesn't answer a prayer, it's because that answer would actually not be what we needed or
1: what we what we should have. in so many circumstances, yes. Okay. Yes. And there's so many things that I, I don't understand. A, a, a perfect picture of that is uh, my oldest son, when he was just a baby, he was dehydrated. He had the flu. And uh, we had to bring him to the hospital, and I'll never forget it. He had just, like, thrown up all over. I'm a rookie dad. I have no idea what I'm doing. I get, th- I get picked between my wife and I to go back there and hold him back. His veins, I mean, he's so dehydrated oh they're hard to get a needle in, and he's just got his chubby baby arms still. Oh, my still. gosh. And so um, they're trying to get a needle and they just cannot get a vein, and I remember just pinning him to the table because they just said, keep him, keep him still, Dad, keep yeah, him still, right. and his look in his eyes was literally, how dare you?
0: Right, sure. Who are you? Yeah, sure. Like,
1: what are you doing to me? Like, right. I, thought, I thought you loved me. Like, what are you doing to me? You are holding me against my will, against this table, while this lady is trying to, like, what is she doing? I don't even know what she's doing. And that is such a perfect picture of so many times of my life before the Lord of, of, like, God, what are you doing? Right. And, and uh, you know, now I can explain to him. He's now nine years old. I can explain to him, this is what happened. Buddy, you don't even remember this, but this is what happened, yada, yada. So sometimes we get an explanation, and other times we never get an explanation. Hmm. There's things even in my own life right now. One of the things I, I talk about in the book, my, my dad's had health issues the last three, four years. Yep. And I've never in my life— uh, prayed so faithfully for someone just for God to heal him. I mean, just like in the middle of the night, like just wake right, up crying totally. for my dad. Oh uh, man, I just like God, would you heal him? Would you like, would you, would you renew his body? And you know,
0: God is hearing those.
1: Yeah. So why, why, And and
0: it's within God's power to respond, to answer, to fix, to give you what you're asking for, right? Yeah. So then why, how do you deal with the in-between of why your dad isn't healed?
1: Uh, There's times when I don't deal with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I struggle with it. That's just being real. Like, I don't understand. This doesn't all add up. And then other times it's um, realizing the truth that his power is made perfect in our weakness, which is something cliche a pastor should say, and yet it's been so true in my life of just like, God, when I'm weak, you are strong and I don't even know what that means but it's hmm. been so true in my life and also just a simple truth my dad told me um he had a had a scary situation about a year ago health-wise and he got wheeled in and they really didn't know if he was going to come through and he uh, afterwards I talked to him about it cuz I'm like they they pretty much warned you like this might you might not come back out of this and he said I I worried for your mom just like her being lonely, and I worried what this would do to our family, like just the grieving thing. But, Adam, there wasn't a part of me that was worried, you know, and realizing, like, if it's really true that our citizenship is in heaven and there's something inside of us made for something greater, right. God said eternity in our hearts, we're told. It's like if I actually believe that's true, that changes a lot. Sure. and so Then you don't
0: I, need – so you're saying your your faith in the – Afterlife, yes, gives you a peace when things in this life don't come your way or don't come true, or God isn't answering those things. Because you go, even if He's not going to be faithful to me right now, or that it feels like He's being good to me, uh, He's going to be good to me in the next life. Is that sort yeah. of the is that the trade-off?
1: Or He's doing He's at work doing something that is so much bigger than I can comprehend. Okay, like God, you're you're doing something. I I believe that you're even able to use this for something good got it and as a pastor isn't that doesn't that sort of let God almost
0: completely off the hook I mean, it sort of lets him, just to play, because I'm talking to the published prayer expert, that lets God off the hook completely, because we do these crazy things where every pastor wants to celebrate, like, we prayed that this money would come through, and we prayed that this little girl would get healed, and and then they do this thing, and then everybody cheers, and they're like, oh, yeah, and it's like, God is so good, and then God doesn't do it, and then when God doesn't do it, it's not that God isn't good, it's that, oh, he's doing something else. So it sort oh. of makes means that God can never lose. Yeah, and I I think if it's pre- no, I don't. Not that I need God no, no. to lose. I just it, it, for a person, it's a lot of elastic sort of like uh, moving of the pieces to be like when God does something good, He wins. When something bad happens, He still wins because He knows He really knows what's going <laughs> on. Adam. There is this thing going on. It's like I, I, some of that just doesn't work for me personally. Just to be like, what is God actually doing? With this power in his hands, to be like, no, I'm going to hold this for later. It's better if this person dies. That's, that is a, just a really tough pill to swallow in the prayer department.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple of things with that. First off, I'd say I feel like so often what we say in churches is follow Jesus and your life is going to be fantastic like you do this Totally. I don't think
0: anybody says that anymore. I think that was I think oh. that was the like Jesus movement stuff and like Well,
1: it still like, feels that way sometimes. Really? Okay. It's like all you ever hear is a celebration and like god, all this all this right. awesome yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. right. Yeah, you do. Cuz you hear these stories of like I was a douche. Yeah. And then I
0: followed Jesus and now I'm married and I have two kids and yeah. my <laughs> wife is hot and I'm <laughs> handsome. Where did these abs come from? The Lord <laughs> And it's like what the heck? Like that's not even so like remotely the I, case. So I I
1: think if you're presented that God in any way, shape or form, you're gonna be disappointed and jaded and angry and whatever. Okay, right, else. right. But if you're presented a God who is good, uh, in the deepest sense of the word, who's in control of all things, whose thoughts are higher than ours, um, who in our and our lives are, are, are truly more about him than they are about us. And when we lose our life we find it. Um I think when we're presented that, God, in the midst of all the questions, it's like, okay, like, I can trust you, and I don't think that necessarily lets God off the hook, it's like, it's more of like, you haven't promised that things are going to be all roses, I mean, look at the Psalms, like, it's not, it's actually, it's actually the opposite, like, you're going to go through hard times, and yet, in the midst of those storms, God, you're still good. But, and, and I know I, that I because what, I've seen it.
0: Yeah, and I think what you described is actually good. And what I'm coming to in my mind is that this is the, good. the faith of prayer is actually not in believing that God is going to do it. The faith of prayer is, actually lies in the believing in God, even if he doesn't. Yep. Like the actual faith of prayer is to go, I'm going to ask God to heal my dad. If my dad isn't healed then what it's going to require of me is actual faith to believe he's still good, even though oh. he could have healed my dad. That's it. Right? I, so I f- that's I, thats what I'm getting from what you've described is like, that's really helpful to me actually to kind of go, oh, okay, because in my mind, all I've ever been communicated to is if you have enough faith, this thing will happen, yep. which just feels like uh uh I would love to say like cuss words right now <laughs> no. about how that what that feels like for me because uh. there's too many people I've heard manipulated of going because my grandfather passed away of cancer and a guy came to our house and said if you have enough faith God will heal your your grandfather just like he healed and use these sort of yep. crazy stupid stupid ridiculous examples <laughs> and my grandfather passed away and it was so uh. there's still that thought in my head of going you're gonna put that in people's minds that it was their fault that. God let a person die. Yep. As opposed to if I wish someone had told us what I what I'm getting from you right now which is faith is actually how you respond when a prayer doesn't happen because you're still believing that A, that all those things you just described, it could be one of any of them. God may be up to something otherwise, although I don't think God had a plan for my grandfather to die. I don't think it's for the better that he's dead, so I'm going to take that one off the... But there might be some scenario where you have to be held down, and this is going to be painful, but it's going to heal you, like your story with your son. But maybe also that God is up to something in the afterlife, that God is still good even though he chose to, that I won't understand. Uh, For me, it's just, it's, it's helpful to have that perspective of going, uh, faith is actually tested when you don't get your prayer answered, uh-huh. not when not when you're trying to figure out if you can get God to to do tricks for you.
1: What the approach that you were told was all—it was all about you and based on you and you. And yeah, you. right. And I got to work harder. And yeah, I gotta, and then like, like, what's like, yeah, what I, totally. like, what's wrong with me? Like, what? What's wrong? And and it's like, no, it's actually all—all God, all—all God. It's about—it's about God, not yeah. about, like, me and me and me. It's about—it's about Him, and uh, I, I just think that changes changes things. Totally. It's like okay. God, regardless what you do, like, I I trust you. Yeah. And in the book, I actually share. Uh, so I share about my dad's story, hmm. and it's like, what happens? When that is, and I I think so often what I s what I what I, what I share is you can
0: use what we just talked about. I mean, if you want to do an appendix or something, it's oh no, kid, like, wait, is you know what faith is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's like I, I think w- uh, one of the things that that frustrates me, I'd say, uh, in, in myself and in, in the church as a whole, is we throw around kind of trite answers to answer totally. to answer things it's that just maybe don't choking have answers. on cliches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't, that in I don't some know.
0: weird way do check a box in your mind where you're like, oh okay, okay. Where people say things like, but God is so good, you're like. Totally, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to think God is a bad guy yep. based on this one moment. So I, I, I do think I understand why people use the cliches. Yep. It just isn't enough. A uh, couple last questions on that before I, I, I let you go. A couple of hot seat things. Does God answers pr- answer prayers of people who do not believe in him or think he's a stupid idea made up by people who believe in Santa Claus? Wow. Um, I so I have an a- atheist friend in Los Angeles right now who's pl- praying for an audition. Or is praying for health, or is just talking to God? Is God listening? Does He answer those prayers? I I would is say he having that conversation, or is God like Nah, bro? You you know, like or a guy who's having a conversation with the tree or with the rainbow or with whatever, going Hey, if there's a God out there, is God having that conversation, or is He ignoring them until they quote unquote believe and raise their hand at a church service? I I would
1: say that He does hear those prayers, uh, and at times He does answer them, and uh, and maybe for the sake of like. Uh, i'm going to show i'm going to show you just a glimpse of who i am Hmm. and so maybe those moments become something where it's like man what what just happened like and through through an answered prayer in quotes it ends up being something that leads them to to god and they they see like like whoa what just happened here it's almost like jesus performing a, a miracle it's like Uh, Lazarus was all about, actually about Jesus. It wasn't about Lazarus. It's like, I'm going to show you who I am. I can even make a dead man come back alive. Hmm. And so so maybe it's those moments, it's like, of that person praying, like, God, will you just help me with this recital that I'm doing, whatever, whatever. And then on the back end, like, just realizing, God, what happened? Like, that was not me. Hmm. I just had this peace during that recital I don't even know where it came from everyone else was nervous and I just had this this piece that really didn't come from me like whoa and maybe that's the start of something Something else, mm. and so I, I love I that you. Call it a that. recital. it's so amazing. It's an in L.A. it's audition. an audition. audition. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but a recital. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I, I remember recitals <laughs> were like where you play the piano, or you dance, or you do like the, the flags. I think my mom put me in a jazz class with the we, flags. We, we
1: don't have auditions in South Dakota. Right. Totally. I'm you just aud- kidding. Yeah.
0: You, so you have? Do you have? Aud- you probably don't have auditions in South Dakota. We do have auditions. Oh, you do.
1: There's got to be for something. There's. I mean, there's plays and stuff. Yeah. Maybe? I'm
0: sure. Yeah. There's their play. Other plays. There, in, there, we have yeah. plays. We have the arts at the carnivals. <laughs> uh, okay, so then last question would be, is there anything I should not pray? Anything that it, you would go, I wouldn't pray that, I wouldn't say that to God? I'd say no. Nothing. Uh, I can cuss at God, I can scream at God, I can say bad things. There's absolute. a passage in the scriptures that says, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you'll not be forgotten or Whoa. not be forgiven. Uh, if I say bad things about God to God, all those things, am I making any eternal errors? Can Is there anything you would advise and go, I wouldn't maybe say that to the boss? Oh,
1: <laughs> Uh, I I I I would be, uh, man. I, th- your your questions are good. <laughs> I I think to answer the rawness and swearing and whatever else, yeah, m- totally. Maybe blaspheming the Holy Spirit and maybe no. I mean, it's just a verse th- I've always been told like I'd, you have to be careful. Like I'd I maybe think- lean away from that, but as far as being angry at God and raw and and swearing and whatever else, like. Uh, I would say you absolutely can say everything, even about other people. He doesn't
0: flinch at the F word. Oh, my goodness. I I I would be. <laughs> I mean, your book is called Talking with God When You Don't Know What to Say. Sometimes, I, and I know I'm so, not supposed to say this, but sometimes you just like, you ever get in your car, shut the door, and just like, screaming oh yeah an f-bomb or whatever a d-word you're you're such a good person you're probably like (laughs) hell you know and it's like oh wow adam really throttle that back i just mean if you're gonna go for it does is god gonna flinch at that is that like bad practice god's not gonna flinch at it and and
1: the example i would say is no question david i mean his prayers are crazy would you kill this person yeah sure like would you end their life can we pray for that
0: Oh man. I mean, if we're supposed to say what we're supposed to say, right? I mean are you do we pray death over
1: our enemies? I don't know if you, I don't know if you can, but you uh, I don't know if you should, but you can. okay because God can, God can handle us in our brokenness. And, 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 and here's the thing I would say, even if we don't see it, God sees it within us, which is it, he does. And so it's like God, I know well want that person. To I die. might I might, as well, might, as, well, I might yeah. as well say this to you and get this off my, my chest so you can begin to change me. Because if I just hold it in, like, you're not going to do anything with it. And so, I mean, the Psalms are crazy. And it's like, he is angry right at God. It's like, what have you done? Where are you? You're making me look like a fool. Like, him saying that to God. And I I love that he can be so honest. And it's the same honesty that at times I see from my kids. And not to say that they can't say certain things. They might be disciplined. And maybe God disciplines us when we do say something that's crazy. But it's like... It's like, I'm so thankful. You that get like
0: a timeout if you're like, God, will you kill this guy? <laughs> this guy, Adam, is, is ruining my day. And it's like, oh, well God's like, all right, guess what? Get time traffic. Time, time, time. Here comes traffic. <laughs> Adam said hell in his car. Yeah, right. No, and that's possibly true. Okay, that's just one. Of, I know I'm well, not no, we can, you, we, can,
1: we can say anything to God. You can say anything to God.
0: That's fantastic. He can handle it. Well, last question about prayer. And this is a question that I ask everybody on this podcast. And you've done very well responding to my, my you know, Man, these are tough critical ones. mind. Yeah. I just, but this I just is, feel like prayer is one of those things where everybody just sort of like says the same BS answer. Thankfully and it's like, Oh, just this is prayer. And it's all this kind of stuff. And it's like, dude, there's so many hard things about that. What feels sometimes like a magical concept that it, I, I, I'm glad you're talking about it. And I, I'm glad you're going to deal with some of these critical issues. The last thing I would ask you is there's a question I ask everybody at the end of this podcast, which is if you and God had a conversation, what would he say to you? And since the name of your book is talking with God, part of what you are saying to God is your prayer. And part of what he says back to you is a part of that dialogue. And uh, my favorite quote, and I'll say this quote while you think of what God would say to you. My favorite quote from Mother Teresa, I think it was Peter Jennings, who said, uh, when you talk to God, what do you say? And she said, I listen. Wow. And he said, well, when you talk to God, what does he say? And she said, he listens. And I I think there's just such a beautiful picture of that sort of calmness and that silence. And I think Mother Teresa was the early um, practical meditation. She was essentially describing that process of sort of listening to one another. Uh, If you and God had a conversation, and you can't take Mother Teresa's answer, (laughs) if you and God had a conversation right now, what would he say to, to Adam Weber of
1: Sioux Falls, South Dakota? I think it's the same thing he'd say to anybody. Just I l- I love you. Hmm. And maybe what he said in Genesis, he'd look at us and say that you are good. You know, like you're you're good. Even with your brokenness and your jadedness and whatever else, yep. like I love you and you are good. And you're my my son, you're my daughter. I think that's just that's probably what I would say. It's the same thing that I I, th- I maybe I, that I just kind of as a dad, as a dad, uh, it's when I when I leave, when I when I left home this last time, just said to each of them like, Hudson, I love you. Yeah. You know, Wilson, I love you. Yeah. Grayson, Anderson, I love you. It's awesome. And so, I I think that's what I'd probably need to hear the most too, and I think that's probably what most people need to hear the most is is man, I just love you. It's so, awesome.
0: Yep. Adam Weber, you're an incredible human being, uh, a hip pastor from <laughs> Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The hippest, most up-and-coming state (laughs) or city, city and state. He's from Embrace Church. How can we find you and how can we listen to your stuff, read your book, all that kind of stuff? Give us some websites. Give us some domains we can type in.
1: Yeah, the best place to find uh, more is you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. Um, You can also go to adamweber1b.com. So that'd be the best place to find me. This conversation with all the hard questions. This is just between you and I, though, right? Just you and me
0: and a couple thousand people <laughs> awesome. who are driving in their Prius, <laughs> hopefully on the freeway across the uh, across the to the Black Hills in North Dakota, South Dakota, <laughs> South, Dakota. South Dakota. <laughs> Canada, wherever you are. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening in. We're so glad you're part of the typically hazardous conversation. This podcast conversation has been typically hazardous, especially for Adam, and has pressed into all of the issues. His book is coming out, it's called Talking With God. Check it out, share it with others, and may we all have raw conversations, and with a green light from Pastor Adam Weber, just give God all of our cuss words and all of our rawness (laughs) in the spirit of letting God hear out loud what's happening within us, that we may have our prayers answered and have faith when they are not. Have an awesome day, guys. Thanks, Adam, for being here. Perfect. Friends, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. This, is again, is Hank, and I am your host. So glad to have you. Thank you for being a part of this. My favorite thing about the podcast is hearing what you think and is hearing some of your thoughts. So if you would, shoot me an Instagram, at Hank is my Instagram, or at Hank Fortner is my Twitter, or you can go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Hank Fortner. Would love to hear feedback. Would love to hear thoughts. What's your favorite one? What do you want to hear more of? All those things. This is, in essence, my conversation with you, you Aussies, you Asians, you Europeans, you North Americans, and yes, even a few white people are mixed in there. And so if you have thoughts or if you have things, I'd love to hear that. I'd love to get emails from you. I'd love to hear conversations. So please shoot it off to me. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. If this podcast has affected you positively, in any way. I would be so, so grateful if you would put a review at the podcast um, review center in iTunes, or if you're an Android user, I don't know what to do if you're an Android user. I don't even, I don't know. I don't actually don't know what my request of you would be besides tweet at me and uh, be there. So thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed Adam's conversation on prayer. Share this with anybody you feel like would be moved by it, and we will see you very soon. Peace.